Lord has something very, very special for me to say to you. And for that, I'm very, very thankful. I've had many privileges in my life. And for me to be able to sit here and stand here before you is one of those privileges. And yet, over the years, I have been a counselor most all of my life. Now, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because I wasn't a trained counselor until 1973, 4 or 5, right back in those days when I had the privilege of getting a Ph.D. in counseling at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. But even in high school and college and my youth, I shared with a lot of my friends. And I had, I believe, a gift from the Lord to just share and to help some of my buddies and some of their girlfriends and some of my girlfriends to know more about life. And so it just was natural for me to move into a God calling to be a Christian counselor and also to be a pastor and a church leader. But my wife has said many things that I value. Yes, I do like what she says. She's sitting right here, so I have to say that. You understand? But she has said about me, and I do appreciate this statement, that counseling is not something that I just do. It is something that I am. And I like that because it is a fact that in the Lord I am and I do have the gift from the Holy Spirit of sharing with people. And so one of the things that I want to do today, even though, you know, I'm, I am Dr. Solomon, although I don't throw that around a lot. I'm just Don, just like all of us. However, I jokingly say I'm one of those doctors that can't really help you because I can't do surgery. I can't, I wouldn't want to. I can't give pharmaceutical medication. And so even back when my children were young, they were wrapped up in a, one of the medical TV programs. It was called Emergency. You may remember it, but they were, they were excited about the, the TV show and the hospitals and the doctors and the nurses and the EMT folks and that. And at the time, I worked at a psychiatric hospital. So I was Dr. Solomon at a hospital. But my little girls would ask me, well, Dad, do you do surgery? <laughs> or do you, what kind of medicine do you give? And they just couldn't get it that I was Dr. Solomon, but that I couldn't do anything. <laughs> so, but that's just not totally true, obviously. But I do want to let you know that in my counseling over the past 50 years that I do give prescriptions. Now, the prescriptions obviously are not pills, but they are what I would call gems from God's Scripture. So prescriptions that come from Scripture, the truth of Almighty God that we find in God's Word. And I love giving, I really have four basic things that I say from Scripture in the way of prescriptions to my clients. And I want to share those four with you today and then kind of move toward spending some time with number four. But I will tell you that when I've 
visit and counsel with people. Now, I will also tell you that most all of my clients over the years have been Christian people. I would say that maybe up to 97, 98% of the people that I've counseled are Christians. And yet, even in their Christian faith, they struggle desperately with anxieties. Do you? Now, anxieties, another word for that is fears. Or another word for that is worries. Uh, fear is a basic effect of our human nature. It's something that we struggle with. And most all of these Christian people struggle with anxieties. And this prescription that I'm going to share with you, and I hope it helps several of you or one or two of you or maybe all of us with what I share today. Because these scriptures are directly aimed at anxieties, fears of life, worries of life. And yet they come from God's word and they are truth beyond all measure. And so I want to share with you, number one, I find in John fourteen twenty seven. If you want to look that up or just remember that verse, but I've said it to you before and it's a powerful verse because it is from the very words and the voice of Jesus Christ in John fourteen twenty seven, It's the night before he was crucified. And he's sitting with his disciples and he's been talking to them about the Holy Spirit. He's been talking to them about the fact that he has to go. He, Jesus Christ, has to leave them. And then in John fourteen twenty seven, he says specifically, as I leave, I want to give you a parting gift. I want to give you the gift of my peace. And this world knows little about it. But with this peace, you do not have to be afraid. Now, one of my translations, I love it. It says, with this peace, you can banish your fears. Now, do you know that that's a fact? Well, Jesus Christ said it. <laughs> It's recorded in John fourteen twenty seven. Now, my question to you, is he a liar? No. He speaks truth. He is truth. And he said, with his peace, this gift of peace. Now, I've always said, and I continue to say, a gift has to be taken. It has to be received. But Jesus Christ said, with this gift of peace, you do not have to be afraid. Jesus Christ speaks truth. So that statement is true. So that's one of the prescriptions that I give to my clients in counseling and that I share with you today. The second gift that I give is from Jesus again, just a few verses later. It's in John sixteen thirty three. And it has a very similar theme as John 14, 27. But John 16, 33 says, with me, remember Jesus is still talking. He says, with me, you can find peace. But in this world, you will have tribulation, troubles, heartache, misgivings, doubts. But take heart, he says. 
Actually be of good cheer, he says. I have overcome the world. Now again, I ask you, do, do you believe that? He specifically says that with him, we can have and find peacefulness. But yes, you know, and I know, this world is a giver of tribulation and troubles. It's a tough place in which to live. But he says, take heart, be of good cheer, because he has overcome the world. And when he says, I have overcome the world, you and I are a part of him and he's a part of us. I trust that everybody in the room is a Christian. If you're not, please talk to me or Scott after this is over with, because Christian faith is available to everyone. And so here in John 14, 27, and in John 16, 33, we have these wonderful statements from Jesus himself that directly take us away from anxieties and fears. If, big word there, if we just accept what Jesus is saying as a gift or as truth. So that's two of my prescriptions. The third one, I go to the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses 6 and 7. Powerful statement there because it says, do not be anxious about anything in verse 6 of Philippians 4. Now, anxious means worry, fear. Do not be afraid of anything, Scripture says. Now, you and I, we suffer from fear. But Jesus is saying, God's word is saying, you don't have to be afraid. Do not be anxious about anything, but in all matters, present your requests, your petitions to Almighty God with thanksgiving. And then verse 7 says, and then you will know the peace that passes all understanding, God's peace that passes all understanding and it will guard your hearts in and through Christ Jesus your Lord. I want you to think about that. I don't want you to miss it. Surely you've read that. Surely you've heard that taught or preached. But it says that when you are struggling and you're worried about various matters in your life, you go to the Lord with thanksgiving and you present these things to Him and then... You will know a peace that passes all understanding and it will guard. Think about that, please. It will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Those are powerful encouragements, powerful gifts. And they are the prescriptions that I share with you and I share with my clients. Now, I've given you three. What is number four? Now, I'm going to let you think about that for a minute. What is number four? If you picked another passage of Scripture, what would you pick? All these wonderful statements from God's Word about peace, about goodness, about His provision. The other passage of Scripture is the 23rd Psalm. Now, I will say to you, and I say to people all the time, if you and I would read or recite to ourselves the 23rd Psalm three times a day, take it like you're taking medicine three times a day, 
your life would be very different. My life would be very different. Because the 23rd Psalm, which we're going to talk about here for the next, for the rest of our, our time together this morning, because it is just a statement after statement after statement after statement about God's care for us. Now, before we go into the 23rd Psalm, I have to say to you, for you to think about it, for you to read it, for you to understand it, you have to accept, I have to accept, that we are sheep. Now, sometimes people say sheep are not the sharpest pencil in the box. In fact, sometimes, erroneously, people say sheep are just kind of dumb and stupid. I don't think, now I don't know a lot about sheep. I'm not a country boy. But I have read as I prepared for this sermon and read at other times that sheep are not nearly as dumb as people sometimes say that they are. However, even though they do have some qualities, they do have some afflictions. And I think that's part of why God talks to us as the sheep of his pasture. You know, we are called sheep several times in Scripture. Now, sometimes sheep don't have very good direction, a sense of direction. They go wandering off by themselves. They just kind of wander around. If they don't have any guidance, they wander off and they get into trouble because they also don't have any protection. They're very vulnerable to predators. They also, have you heard that if a sheep falls down, it can't get up? If it falls on its back or on its side, if it falls on its side, it rolls on its back and it can't get up. So some ways sheep are helpless. Now remember, for you to understand the 23rd Psalm, for you to accept what, what I'm talking about, you do have to recognize, I do have to recognize, we have to recognize ourselves as sheep. And sometimes that might be a bit offensive to you. However, it is very descriptive of what you and I go through as human beings. And so these sheep... Now, by the way, I have been, read a book, reread a book here just this last week that I read several years ago, and it's called The, the Description of the 23rd Psalm by a shepherd, and it's written by the fellow by the name of Philip Keller, who was actually a shepherd. And he goes through some characteristics of sheep and helps us to understand why we as Christian people are considered like sheep. All we like sheep have gone astray. Now, what do we need in our Christian life? We need a shepherd. What did Scott read for us when we started this service? I didn't tell him to read that. That was God's leadership. I appreciate that. He read from the 10th chapter of John where Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I love my sheep. I take care of my sheep. I love them. I'm going to protect them. And my sheep know my voice. One of the very positive things about sheep Real sheep, they know the shepherd's voice. Now, you and I are called 
to know the voice of Jesus Christ our Lord. Now the 23rd Psalm. I want to go through it piece by piece and just say a few things to you. I want you to think about it. I hope you know it. If you don't know it by heart, uh, please, it, it's a beautiful statement. So what does it say? The Lord is my shepherd. Just stop right there. You got you to gotta lay this as a foundational statement. Because the Lord is my shepherd. That's a very personalized statement. The Lord belongs to you. He belongs to you and you and I belong to him. It is a personal relationship where he is our leader. He is our guide. In fact, would you say with me that he owns us? And in effect, because he gives himself to us, we own him. It is that kind of a relationship. And so for us to understand, to live in the wonderful truth of the 23rd Psalm, we have to accept and focus on the fact that the first statement is, the Lord is my shepherd. And then it says, since the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't have to want for anything. Now, my question all the way through here is, do you, do I, do we live according to the truth of this beautiful Statement in Scripture, the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. And because of his goodness, his love, and his mercy, I do not have to want for anything. Now, yes, I believe that there is all sorts of scriptures that says that God will provide for us in all kinds of manner. But also, we don't have to want for anything. We don't have to want and go find another shepherd. We don't have to go anyplace else to find our sustenance. We don't have to seek something of the world particularly to make us feel okay. When it says, I don't have to want for anything. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. His leadership, his love, his forgiveness, his guidance, it takes care of everything that we need. Do you believe that? Do I believe that? That's what scripture says. And so I'm asking right now in this statements, these statements for us to believe that, that the Lord is your shepherd. And in that, you don't have to want for anything. It says he makes you to lie down in green pastures. I found out from reading Philip Keller's book that sheep do not like to lie down. They're restless. They want to keep moving about. Maybe because they're afraid. But it says in this that the shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes us to lie down in green pastures. Well, do you need to lie down sometimes? Do you need some of the restorative nature of that rest? Yes. But I even again, as I know people, as I know people in the church or in counseling, we're always needing to do something. Well, yes, we're supposed to be responsible and we're supposed to work hard and we're supposed to serve. Yes, but we also are supposed to rest. And so the Lord is my shepherd and he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now, 
I don't know about you, I'm not really a country boy, but that sounds really refreshing. That sounds really peaceful and nice, particularly when it's paired with the next statement, he leads us beside the still waters. I love lakes. I love to sit by a lake and just watch the water. It just ripples and goes back and forth. And there's just something very soothing about that. And so this passage of Scripture says, He leads us beside the gentle waters. But also, what is the water that this Scripture is talking about? I have water right here. It's not this kind of water. The water that this is talking about is the living water. The water that comes from Jesus Christ. The overflowing of the water from the well of life through Jesus Christ. So, he makes us to lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. He restores my soul. He restores your soul. A moment ago I said that a sheep, once it falls down, I understand that shepherds call that sheep that are cast. C-A-S-T. They're cast down. Are you? Do you ever feel cast down? Yes, you do. You struggle with life. You struggle with things in life. And you feel down. Well, when it says he restores my soul, what it's saying is he reaches down, the good shepherd reaches down and picks you up and lifts you out of a difficult spot so that you won't feel cast down in your emotions and in your relationships and in your life. So he restores your soul. Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, is a lifter upper. <laughs> he wants you to be upright and he wants you to be lifted up in spirit and in goodness. And then it says, and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Do you realize that as Christian people that we are to protect the reputation of Almighty God? We're to protect the reputation of Jesus Christ. He leads us in paths of rightness, righteousness, for His name's sake. So if you and I are struggling, if we're wandering off, if we're misbehaving, we're bringing negative onto the reputation of the kingdom of God, of his church, of his personhood, of the wonderful nature of the good shepherd. And that's why the shepherd leads us into paths of righteousness. However, not just for that. I will say to you that one of the things that you and I benefit from when we are led into paths of righteousness is that our lives are then more peaceful. Our lives are more rich. Because when we live according to God's way, when we live according to righteousness, then that is just good for us. Because you know what happens if you live in opposite to paths of righteousness? If you do things that are wrong, you are guilty. Now, when you think about counseling... When I think about counseling, yes, I deal with people dealing with fears and all these prescriptions, but also guilt. 
when you and I remember Christian people, we're still sinful. We still have all kind of a sinful nature. And when we're not in passive righteousness, we may fall into some sort of sinfulness and bring about guilt, which is debilitating to us. And then this 23rd Psalm goes on and it says, And yes, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will, what? Fear no evil. There's another promise of staying away from fears. And fear no evil. Satan wants you to be wrapped up in evil. Satan wants you to be wrapped up in doubt. Satan wants you to be wrapped up in bad behavior. And this beautiful psalm says that when we have the good shepherd, that even when we walk through the darkest valleys of our life, that we do not have to fear evil. We do not have to fear the negativity that Satan, the enemy, brings into our lives. Because, it goes on to say, you, Lord, good shepherd, you're right here beside me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Do you understand? I'm learning that a rod and a staff in a shepherd's hand is protection. It is to keep you and I away, away from the destruction of evil. And then it continues with this whole beautiful outlay of his care and goodness to us because even in the face of my enemies, you prepare a banquet for me. You prepare a table for me in the face of my enemies. The good shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. That good shepherd prepares a banquet of nourishment for our spirit. Now, yes, I think sometimes it's actual food, but it's much deeper than that. This banquet that is prepared for us is a banquet of spiritual food, of truth, of comfort, of rightness, of goodness from the Good Shepherd. And he prepares this banquet for us. And it says that my cup overflows. My question to you is, in life, does your cup overflow? Are you a person of joy, of security, of peacefulness? That's what all of this talks about. That's what Scripture talks about. That's part of the gift from the Good Shepherd. My cup overflows and you anoint my head with oil. That is a sense of soothing comfort in our struggles. Life is a struggle. That's no doubt about that. But Bob said it earlier. He said his life has some struggles. But that God is with him. The good shepherd is with him. And in that, he knows, you know, I hope, I know, that all of this goodness will be prepared for us. My cup will overflow. I will be anointed with oil, the soothing comfort of God's Spirit and God's love. And then it moves on to this last concluding two statements in the 23rd Psalm. Because it says, Surely goodness and mercy and love will follow me all of the days of my life. Now just hang on to that phrase for a moment. Because that's a present day life-giving statement for you. Surely 
goodness and mercy and love will follow me all of the days of my life. Why and how? Because you have the Good Shepherd. And He wants to take care of you. He offers this peace, this goodness, love, forgiveness, freedom, all the gifts that we have from Jesus Christ. And because of that, then surely goodness and love and mercy will follow us all of the days of our life. What a gift. And my question still is, do you experience that? And you can. And it's not just up to you. Remember, we're sheep. We need direction. We need protection. We need the Good Shepherd taking care of us. And when we have and when we accept and when we walk with the Good Shepherd, then surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. And then one more concluding beautiful statement, the last statement in the 23rd Psalm. I hope you know it. Please, if you don't know this beautiful scripture, go home today and learn it so that you can say it to yourself two, three, four, ten times a day. But this last statement, after it says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, it says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now just let that sink in. People plan for their retirement. You and I as Christian people have the most wonderful retirement that is imaginable. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a retirement package. And to be honest, I'm just praying that I keep on doing what I do until I'm gone. And then I'll retire. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now I'm about done. But not quite. Because I want you to think, not for me, but right now I want you to think if you believe all this, if you accept all of this, if you want to live in all this, or you just might sit there and say, well, that's just a story. Yeah, maybe it makes a good sermon, some good thoughts, but yeah, I got my life. I got my way of life. Please. What I want you to do right now, for one minute of silence, I'm not going to say a word, but I want you to think about the Good Shepherd and what He's given you. Not because I've said it to you, but because it is there as the Word of God, the 23rd Psalm, and the peace, and the joy, and the gifts that are wrapped up in that. So you just think right now in silence between you and the Lord and see if you really totally, absolutely believe and want to live in accord with the Good Shepherd.